With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast once again. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog on the web. Make sure to check us out. Today, joining us on the Pickaxe Podcast, our two co-hosts, is once again, we're going to have Mr. Gordon Gross from Colorado Springs. Gordon, how's it going, buddy? Doing good, man. Just enjoying the weekend and uh, figure we should talk some basketball. Might as well, right? It uh, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend here. We were just talking about it before we came on the pod. It's uh, it's uh, probably probably the nicest it's been so far uh, this spring. And um, once again, we're stuck inside podcasting. It's just it's just the way we do it. We also, of course, have Mr. Ryan Blackburn from South Carolina. Now, Ryan, since it's so gorgeous here, I'm kind of hoping that. South Carolina is like dreary and rainy because every time it's dreary and rainy here and we're on the podcast with you, you're telling us about the sunshine um, and the blue skies. So, so what's it like now in South Carolina? Well, you're right. It got caught on a dreary day. Uh, I looked outside this morning and it was pouring rain and I stayed inside for most of the day. So congratulations. You win. Yes. That is, uh, that, is <laughs> that makes my weekend right there. Let me tell you. Oh, Gosh, the standards are low. <laughs> well, hey, man, it's it's Saturday night, and uh, I'm in my basement podcasting. So you know, there, there are, <laughs> the bar the bar is fairly low. Um, oh God! All, all right, right we'll tell we you go. what we um we actually so we got thank goodness we actually got a little bit of Nuggets stuff to talk about um couple of couple of rumors that, that went around and then um the lottery the lottery is just about uh well maybe like three days away it happens on tuesday so we'll we'll talk more about that we've been talking about it a lot already but we'll, we'll keep talking about that since it's since it's so close but the first thing i wanted to get into was the uh the big rumor of the week which was that i mean it was kind of an offhand mention so there's a mention of kyle lowry um is likely to opt out his contract i don't think that's that's too surprising Lowry's uh, Lowry has a player option. It's kind of a similar situation to D- Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he's he's got a chance now to lock in a long term, long term contract. So 
he will. Well, they're both healthy, so they want to do it. Yeah, I mean, if you weren't healthy, that's what the player options for. If you're healthy, exactly. there's no way you turn down that amount of money that you can put in on a guaranteed contract. You got to go. Exactly. So, you know, so I, I was surprised about that because Rudy Gay actually opted out of his contract too. So he must he must be hearing something around the league too that he may be picked up soon, or or he's healthier than we've been led on to be. But uh, so that's that was kind of interesting on that point. You know, I was just I was actually thinking about Rudy Gay before uh, right before we came on to the podcast, and I was thinking I was like somebody. Somebody is going to lose their mind. I guarantee you it's going to happen. Somebody's going to lose their mind. They're going to give Rudy Gay, like, three, four years, $20 million a season. Yeah, he's going to be the new Joe Johnson, man, like, where somebody's like, you know, that's the guy that's going to put me over the top. And I just – I mean, I've already seen the articles about how, you know, Rudy Gay is the perfect guy for the new NBA, and he's changed his game, and, you know – I uh, good good luck to somebody. Yeah. Long is not the night. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as long as it's not the Nuggets, those were the key words there. Uh, That's what I'm saying. This is I. You know, I don't think Tim Connolly. If this was, you know, Tim Connolly circa uh, what was it three years ago when he when he was first came on, maybe we would be concerned with that. I don't think that he's going to be he's going to be too too keen to jump into the Rudy Gay overpaying the yeah. Rudy Gay pool. Um, so the, but the rumor that came out, so other than that was, so it was Mike Ortiz, um, Jr. Who's, who's a fairly, uh, not a guy that I'd, I'd ever really heard of before, but, but, you know, I, I looked him up, I mean, fairly reputable, um, source writer of, uh, you know, a guy who's been featured on ESPN and CBS sports. Um, he, he writes for basically the founder of a, of a site called DYST now, um, which is, which is, you know, a Twitter, a Twitter site that helps, uh, or that, that tries to report breaking news like this. So, but he mentioned that the Nuggets, if, if Kyle Lowry opts out, that he might want to go to the West, and that the Denver Nuggets might be a top option for him. Um, that's 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 where we're at as far as the Denver Nuggets news period. We're going to go a full segment of our podcast on based on on one tweet from a fringe uh, fringe source. But well, and, and there are other there are other like people who said it, but I don't know if they're all saying it because he said it. Like that's. And that's, I don't know how many guys just picked that up. So we're going to be the same guys who picked that up from him and go ahead and run with it. It's fine. Yeah, that's and and, and that's the thing too to, to clarify here. Like, I don't think he clarified or said anywhere that like he was getting this information really from um, Lowry's camp or, or 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 anybody in the NBA. For all we know, it could just be his own speculation as to what what he might do. But I think it's. Um, I mean, obviously because the, the Nuggets. Uh, have the have the space to to sign Lowry, and they've got the, this young core. It, it makes it makes some sense. Uh, Ryan, I want to I want to get your thoughts first. What do you think? Would you would you take a chance on Lowry if you were the Nuggets? Well, I'm a huge proponent of whenever you have an opportunity to acquire a top thirty player, and make no mistake about it, Lowry is a top thirty player in this NBA. Like they're to me, there is no question based off of the year that he just put up. Uh, it, whenever you have an opportunity to get a guy like that, uh, unless it's some unforeseen circumstance where he's entirely too injured or the cost of acquiring somebody like that is entirely too high, you go for it. 
And if Lowry is interested in coming to a team like the Nuggets, where they've had deficiencies at point guard for a long, long time since Ty Lawson went off the edge, then why don't you do that? This is a guy who fits perfectly with Nikola Jokic as somebody who is not only used to handling the ball in the pick and roll, but is also used to giving up the ball. He plays right. with DeMar DeRozan for crying right. out loud. Like <laughs> That guy would be an incredible fit, somebody who I think the Nuggets could pencil into the lineup for the next three years and say, all right, this is you. You are going to be the second option behind Nikola Jokic, and everybody else is going to tailor their game behind the Lowry Jokic two-man game. And I think that would be a great thing for the Nuggets. I think they would be a, a perennial 50 to 55 win team. And I think that's yeah. awesome. That's, um, I mean, that, that's, well, that would be, that would be quite a jump 50 to 55, but like, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't disagree. Lowry is definitely a top 30 player in the league. Um, the thing that's interesting though is, is that it's a point guard, which the Nuggets, I mean, like, like there's almost no chance the Nuggets draft a point guard, right? Because they've already got two essentially on the roster, two young point guards in Jamal Murray and Emmanuel Moutier. And then you well, and all the ones in the Nelson. draft. Yeah, well, all the ones in the draft anyway are the same age as Jamal Murray. They're all teenagers. You can't – it's not like you're drafting a 21-year-old, you know, in the draft to go ahead and take it easy. So every problem you've had with Moody and Murray, you'd have with your new draft pick. Right, right. So- I, the, only, the only tidbit, and I guess we'll get to this later in the segment, the only guy that I think that they would do that with is Markel Fultz. No, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that that you, you almost you I mean, almost it's, have it's, to. You right just kind of have to. We'll, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but getting back to Lowry, so I think it's just. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the position. Like when I think about the Nuggets going out into free agency and making a splash, I, I typically think they're going after a forward of some some sort. It could either be a small forward or a power forward. Either way, I think they could use an upgrade. Um, at one of those two positions, and I especially think they're going to move on uh, from a couple guys at the small forward position anyway, so it's going to be a hole to fill. But but, but the, the thing about Lowry is is because he's so talented, it's almost intriguing. Gordon, what do you think? Do you think the Nuggets, even though they've got Murray and Moutier, is, is it worth taking a shot on, on Lowry? And if they have to take a shot on them, or if they're going to, what what kind of contract are we talking about? Yeah, I, I'm already on record as saying that Lowry is an absolutely viable option. It means you're moving up the timetable for immediate contention. Right. But some people seem to think that moving up a timetable means that you, you know, somehow turn into the Brooklyn Nets and uh, you sign, you give away your draft picks to Boston and now everything's, you know, down the toilet. That's – those two things do not have to happen, you know, together. They're not linked. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I, I, Lowry does – would do so much for this team as a – a secondary ball handler, another guy in the playoffs who can he can get his own shot, he can play defense, he can run the offense without Jokic, which no one else on this team can do, even Jameer. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, he's a ten he's a ten win share player, and they were running out there with two win share players. So you're like, well, that's a big leap. Well, that's eight win shares off the top, not considering you know how many other. Um, wins you get internal improvement yeah just from internal improvement so yeah it's you're talking that he takes you from being a 41 win team to practically a 50 win team and then whatever else happens on the roster takes you from there yeah no um but it would cost us i mean the price is going to be i assume a max which is you know 
30 whatever what's that 35 for him yeah about like 35 yeah, it's, it's 35.3 or 5 yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah there you go so see you know, and, uh, go ahead go ahead so for me though like i i think when i i look at it like that's that's where i'm like all right i i i don't know um if i could do it because you know what i like I, everything you guys are saying i really like and one thing we haven't mentioned too is lauer is a pretty darn good defender um for a point guard at least so that's another place he is basically a half step below beverly except he is outstanding on offense right like right. it there's nothing wrong with him and all those guys that we hate playing the um damian willards and the kemba walkers and the all those um guys who just lit up the nuggets this year uh guess who they don't light up kyle lowry because he's gonna go in there and say yeah you're my size but you're not getting around me because i'm built like a fire plug and i'll just shut you down right um right. and and he stops all those drives that just demolished um uh Moutier and even murray uh on the wing like those are the guys that we don't know if Gary Harris can play defense. Like he, that was his calling card by in theory because he came from a defensive team, mm-hmm. but he hasn't played it in the pros. Like right. he's a decent right. on-ball defender, but that's it. We haven't seen the rest of it, but that may be from roster deficiencies, and maybe somebody like Lowry lets Harris do other stuff. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. there's all sorts of side benefits that you would get from a guy like that. Uh, but you're paying a premium for it. But that's it, right? And it comes back to thirty-five and a half million dollars, which is a ton yeah. of money um, to pay to pay anybody. And that's where I almost get stuck because if you if you do that, you're really making it complicated um, to to sign someone to help improve that forward position, like I was talking about. You're pretty much hoping solely on internal development and whoever you're going to pick up with this what we would assume will be the 13th pick in the draft. Um, and, and I just don't think I can do it. Like, I'm, I'm going to take a shot at Paul Millsap. I'm going to take a shot at Otto Porter Jr. I'm going to take a shot at one of those guys um, before I take a shot at Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Because I sure, think, but then look, what if, you're doing is if you're, Otto you're Porter, somebody else do stuff. Go ahead. If Otto Porter is available, then you go get Otto Porter. That To me, yeah. that is the, the gold standard of signings for a team like the Nuggets. Somebody who's young, somebody who plays defense, somebody who's a forward and can stretch the floor and doesn't need the ball in their hands all the time, but could potentially even grow his role even more and play with the ball in his hands. Now, right, well, so, but I was saying, so here's the thing. Kyle, so, I mean, Otto Porter, Otto Porter is going to be available. He will. Um, he's a restricted free agent. I think yeah, the, only way, the only way you possibly have a chance of prying him from the Wizards is by offering him a max deal, which is, I think, probably what about like the $25 million, um, a year range. So, you if you, but if you do that, because he's a restricted free agent, you got to wait those two days before before Washington has to decide what they do. And better believe Washington will figure out what they want to do within about really the first four hours after you offer that deal um but they'll wait the full two days just because that's the way that's the gamesmanship of the free agency so i think if you're gonna go you've got to make that choice right because like if you're gonna go i don't think so porter you don't you think kyle lowry will still be there if you wait two days after i well it's it's not necessarily about that i think that they can continue to court kyle lowry while they were going after an auto porter type uh, and they could also use that as a bargaining chip, saying, hey, we are planning on moving on from guys like Kenneth Fareed and Danilo Gallinari, but we're also planning on getting this Otto Porter guy. If we get him, 
would you come to Denver? Uh, and yeah. the way that they do that is they renounce a couple of guys. They don't necessarily bring back a a Daniel Gallinari, and they don't bring back Mason Plumley, so they don't have to pay that contract. They trade away either Wilson Chandler or Kenneth Fareed, and they also trade away Darrell Arthur and maybe Emmanuel Moutier. And, or Jameer but Nelson. Though, and, or Jameer Ferrari, Nelson. You probably throw exactly, Nelson exactly. So the moves can be made to free up the the... I guess it would be $60 million in cap space that they would need to free up for both of those guys. But And I, I, wrote, I wrote an article on this, so I, I outlined a scenario in which they freed up $70 million. So like freeing up $60 million is much less difficult, and it's, it's a little bit more palatable if you fail on a couple of those guys because there are players in which that they could sign that could fill that gap just in case they miss out on those two. Yeah. Such as... Well, if you're going to go uh, a veteran point guard, then go Patty Mills. And that way he can give way to Jamal Murray. Uh, And so that's that's a little bit more of a palatable option. Like you can pay a guy like that for a a three-year deal where he gets his his payday that he may not necessarily get if San Antonio is going after a, oh, I don't know, Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, and then if from from a forward position you go after a guy like the Joe Ingles, a guy that Adam Maris loves and I I love too. I think he's a great player. Oh, yeah. Or a guy like James Johnson. Yeah. James, James Johnson is a great defender. Patrick Patterson, great defender. Patterson is, yeah, Those guys would Patterson out there. help like like be great signings that if you free up money for those main guys and miss, then you can still give those guys the the Pattersons and the Johnsons of the world their big payday while not really losing anything. So let me just ask you guys, so are you, I mean, Ryan, I'll ask you first. So would you be on board? Would you offer Kyle Lowry a max deal to come play in Denver? I would haggle with him about the fourth year of that deal. I right. would probably try and say, hey, can we make it a player option? And that way, if he wants to go commit for and play for a championship contender, and it doesn't look like things are working out in Denver for him, or maybe his role is being relegated by an upstart Jamal Murray, then he can go. Uh, Or make it a team option for that matter. But in the end, if he says, no, I need a four-year max, I would still do it. Because that guy is still going to be at least a top top half of the league point guard for the next three years guaranteed. Yeah, but man, he'll be 35 years old. At the end of that deal, but he just had his best year. What will he be making at the end of that deal? Like forty-seven or something like that. Forty. Oh no, forty-one. Pretty sure it's forty-one. Not not so bad. Gordon, would you do it? Uh... Yeah, I'd absolutely do it. But that's uh, the idea that we should wait around and be patient, and in three years have a contender. I don't know. I I'm not a subscriber to that. I don't like wasting three years of. Jokic's career, you try now, and then if you yeah. don't make it, you try again, and then if you don't make it, you try some more. I I just remember watching Dirk in um, Dallas, you know, and he started off with um, uh, Jason Kidd, and then they moved on to uh, Steve Nash, and then they moved again, and they pivoted here, and they spent there, and they got this guy, and they got that guy, and they stayed as a 50-win team for a decade and a half. Like that was, and then they finally broke through. Yeah, yeah, they they won one, 
you know, the goal yeah. was to make no, sure that but like, they, no, I, I they agree always with had you. a team that could win one. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think, well, so, like, I think, and I agree with that, too, because I think, I mean, and Kyle Lowry's a really good guy, because you think about this, if you, even if you give Kyle Lowry a four-year deal, okay, when that deal is up, Jamal Murray's 24 years old, so it's yeah. not, I mean, you know, that, and Jamal Murray and Kyle Lowry, yeah, if you could get Murray uh, to really, and, and Kyle Lowry would be a great guy to be an understudy, because if you, you could get Murray to play a similar style as Lowry, I think he'd be extremely effective at it. So, well, they're all going to be RFAs, man. Like, you're going to have the opportunity to re-sign them no matter what you want. So I don't care if he's not real thrilled about the fact that, you know, he's third in the rotation. Maybe you move Gary Harris in a year, you know, for another star. Well, I think, or I think, you can always think, open it up, and it doesn't matter. If, to me, if you're if you're signing Kyle Lowry, you're pretty much putting to bed the idea of, of Emmanuel Moutier um, being with the team long term because I think that's what you set up you're going to say okay Lowry's going to be our starting point guard uh, Jamal Murray's going to be our first guy off the bench as, as a second that, point dude, guard that, always, that all depends on whether or not you then trade Murray for another star like Murray's the young guy with the with the, the 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 value well him Moody or Gary have value. yeah but but Gary Harris is about to make 20 million a year that's true Jamal Murray's making five like there's there's no diff, there's no comparison in, in what you can do with a guy who can compete on a rookie deal like that's what you want that's what makes you cost effective also it's he's a guy that teams are just going to demand if if you're you're going with a jimmy butler or a paul george type and you're going after one of those two guys then they they're going to want somebody to start up their franchise they they want somebody who can they can sell to their team and they can sell to their ticket to their season ticket holders look if if they're if they trade for a package that centers around Gary Harris, the season ticket holders are probably going to disappear. But if they trade their their star for a package centered around Jamal Murray, then that's probably a little bit more palatable because of his ceiling. It's true, yeah. For the optics, they you can, can sell the future. They can, yeah. all, they can all send out a bunch of YouTube videos of the Rising Stars Challenge and then Exactly. That'll get everybody that'll get everybody yeah. excited. Well I'll tell you what guys, that <laughs> and, was uh but, Go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say back back to the Moutier thing really briefly. I I think that Moutier is probably going to make some improvements, but in the end, you're talking about a guy that there's a 50% improvement that he's going to improve to a quality bench player. There's a 45% improve or there's a 45% chance that he's not going to improve at all and a 5% chance that he improves beyond a quality bench player. You're talking about that 5% chance when you could get a guy like Kyle Lowry, uh, you could develop Jamal Murray in a large role off the bench in a James Harden esque role, and yeah, exactly. I I would much I much prefer going that route and being competitive right now, and maybe using Emmanuel Mudiay in combination with another piece to try and acquire a quality bench player, than uh, than wait on Mudiay. I just don't yeah, think no. it's in the Nuggets' best interest. I'm I'm with you 100% on that. I like I wouldn't let uh, Moutier in any way hold up my thought or what I was going to do with Lowry. Like I think if you, you go you out can't. and get Lowry for a good for a good deal, you do it. Um, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to give him that much money. Just because well, man, he's I, we 31. just spent we just spent the last however many years paying Danilo Gallinari and Wilson Chandler <laughs> 26, 27 it's million true. dollars a year. It's together, true. I mean that's Kevin Durant money. Like I don't want to hear this anymore about how 
reasonably priced two different guys can be when I could buy a star for that and then play Jamal Murray in the second role. Like, I'm, I'm tired of, like, buying a bunch of mediocre guys who then hate each other because they're all the same skill level and they all think they should be starting over the other guy. That's just dumb. It's, it's very, very true. Now, but what about this? I mean, <laughs> uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry or, or Paul Millsap. I mean, if that's the choice, who do you who do you go? Well, I still go Kyle Lowry because my problem right now with the Nuggets is that if um, somebody steps on Jokic's foot and he's out, we don't have an offense. Yeah, that, and that uh, is you a know, great point. The only guy who, who can run an offense on the team is the center. So you really you, – you can't run with the idea that we can teach Jamal Murray or Gary Harris to be a point guard in a couple of years. You know, this year matters, and you've got to make sure that there's somebody who can handle it. If Lowry goes down injured, you just run the ball through Jokic and you use your you use your shooting guards as point guards. If yeah. Jokic goes down, you have a real point guard, you know, who can get something out of Mason Plumlee and the rest of the guys. Like that's that's just how it goes. You can't be out there without a backup offensive plan. It's a terrible idea, um, especially if you're trying to compete this year. And by God, they had better be trying to compete this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially yes. if you sign yes. Kyle Lowry, yes. if you if you if you if if you if you're, if you're not competing with with Kyle Lowry in the fold, then uh, well, yeah. But I mean, if you're, so if you add Millsap, you're trying to compete. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you add Millsap, then you know you weigh your whole season yes. on the fact that nothing's going to happen to Jokic. You know, no, yeah, it's a great if point. It does, it's, it's a very great you're going point. with forty wins. There's no one who can help you. You're going to have to go sign some backup. You know, go go trade for Brooks again or something, and, and see if you can make it through. <laughs> DJ August. For the record, Zach. For the yeah, record, yeah. I am much more worried about giving Paul Millsap a four-year max than I am about Kyle. Oh Lowry. yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent on that too. And that would be, I think, in the in the thought process. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna. It's gonna be tough. Unless you do something like you were talking about, and you make some moves, probably probably at the draft, you'd have to make some trades. But um, I, I just I think it'd be tough to sign both of them. Um, but I wouldn't sign Paul Millsap for a max at all. If if that's what he wants, then I, that would be a no way um, for me on that. Certainly, if I'm if I'm hesitant to give Kyle Lowry with that kind of money, I'm definitely hesitant to give that to Paul Millsap. Um, tell you what, so let's. I want to shift into the next segment, which is. Um, we are going to want to talk about the draft lottery, which is coming up here on Tuesday. Uh, so the the Nuggets have the 13th overall pick as it stands right now. That gives them 2.2% of a chance to move into the top three. I think they have like 0.6% uh, chance of actually getting the first overall pick. I did the math on this. Do you guys want to hear it? All right. Uh, sure, we, um, I like pie the sky theories. Let's go. Oh no, uh, it's this is just in the history of the draft lottery. So this is going to come right. out on Tuesday for the stat of the week because it just makes sense for that to line up that way. But the last time, and the only time that the thirteenth pick moved up in the draft was in nineteen ninety nine, and they had a an opportunity twenty two times to move up, and out they only did it once. So that is a 4.55% chance that you move up into the top three. So when we're talking about these these low odds, it, it really is low. It just does not happen. Only in uh, <laughs> in the, the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th have only moved up twice in total in the last, like, 27 years. Don't worry. I believe the 14th can move up so we can move down to 14. I think that can totally happen. 
Yeah. Ugh. Why does everybody keep saying that? Adam said the same thing on the podcast. It's last gonna week. happen, man. No. Like, yeah, you guys are so I pessimistic. It's, <laughs> we are, we are moving up. We're gonna get that. that All right. Two point. Yeah. So it is. For the sake so of this how conversation, the, we are moving up. The, how the draft lottery right. works is they put in, um, they have, uh, they have, you, they draw four numbers, and it's like a, it's like a combination. So you get the four, they draw four different numbers, and, and the order of, of the numbers matters. Um, so that there's there's a thousand and one different four number combinations they can come up with. One of them gets thrown out, so there's essentially a thousand combinations uh, that make up the lottery. The Nuggets will have six of those thousand combinations in there that will give them the first overall pick. Just six. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> there is a That's small, exactly it. A very small, tiny chance, but it is there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, let's... Yeah. Let's let's, we'll let's build the podcast ahead. around it. What's going on there, Zach? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, it's... Um, it's going to be our time. We're going to make it happen. I'm telling you guys. Um, so I'll tell you what, let's, let's, we'll have a little fun with it, but, uh, Gordon, I want your opinion first. Cause I think we were talking about, you know, if they get first overall pick, they, they'd have to take Markel Fultz. I'm assuming you would, uh, that would be your line of thinking. I would struggle so hard, man. I'm. I mean, they're not going to get it cause they, they, they're never going to get that, but you don't believe in those got, six combinations. If they got, you know, if they got the number one pick in the draft, they'd have a lot of trouble not picking Fultz. He's just an incredible talent as at all of the things that Denver really needs, except maybe for defense. But we don't know yet because he didn't play any at Washington and he didn't have to. Right. Like that. He also, that he also played thirty six minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he they had him on the floor. He never took, and that's thirty six out of forty, not thirty six out of forty eight. Right. Right. Like he was always on the floor. Yeah. Um, for, absolutely. For Windsor, and Lorenzo Romar, like, I watched the Huskies. I don't know what the hell that guy was doing the last basically five years up there. <laughs> but um, for a guy who came in with a good, hard-nosed defensive reputation, his teams didn't show it. Like, that wasn't something that he ever pushed on. So uh, I'm, I would struggle because the guy that I want is, is still Josh Jackson because, yep. you know, small yep. forward, can play some power forward, defensive guy – um, increasing skill offensively, uh, like uh, he's a demon. Like, does, I just... does Josh Jackson kind of remind you of Justice Winslow in a little bit? Hell no, no. Uh, he's Justice smart. Winslow, Justice Winslow had, I don't know. I I watched both those guys play, and in no way when I was watching Josh Jackson did I think, geez. This guy could probably be a defensive specialist of some sort in the NBA one day. Like that—that's the guy has superstar, and Justice Winslow had, for me anyway. Justice Winslow has always been a high bench player for me. Yeah, Justice. So, I mean, he had a lot of hype though. There was, I mean, but everybody gets everybody always gets so hyped right at draft, even in the drafts that are really weak. Like it seems like, well, yeah, a week well, you or so before somebody. it happens, everybody's like, "Oh, this guy could be the next superstar in the NBA." It's you never know, which I mean, which is true. You never do, but. Yeah, no, no, but Josh, I mean, I just, I love his game. I'm not sure about his um, ability to make smart life choices, Uh, but I mean, every 19-year-old has that problem, but that would come up if we we took him, the fact that he got involved in some altercations and maybe in some car keying and threatening of female athletes, like, that's a thing um, that they're going to have to deal with, but I, every... 
every draft pick has questions unless his name is David Robinson, basically. Right. Like, if you don't, if you're not David Robinson or Tim Duncan, then yeah, guys have questions about you. Um, in some fashion, whether it's attitude or um, hustle or uh, Lonzo Ball's ability to shoot like Quasimodo, like well, there's you know, or, or deal with his deal with his dad, you his know. Father, and, I would say, yeah, there's there's a big, big bigger issue with Lonzo Ball. Uh, Ryan, what about you, man? Would you go? Would you go Fultz as well, or, or would would you? Uh, you know, you know who might go Lonzo would be uh, would be Mr. Mares. He'd probably and Mares yeah. would be wrong. He'd probably go with Lonzo. What I mean, about and you, that... Ryan? I I struggle with this too because throughout the season the the two guys that I rated at the top consistently were Fultz and Jackson. Ball for me yeah. he he seems very limited in some of the things that he can do on both ends of the floor. Uh he's a very talented player. Uh he's also somebody who I think uh if he does blow up would be one of the top 5 players in the NBA. Yeah. Uh that being said, I think the likelihood of that is much less than of Markel Fultz being James Harden or with uh, Josh Jackson being a mixture of Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. I think that he does have that intelligence on the floor. I think that he does, and the the biggest difference between him and a Justice Winslow type is that, no, he is actually large. He actually has size yes. to play in the NBA, and Justice Winslow just doesn't have that. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, Josh Jackson has the range. He has the athleticism. He, I mean, have you seen the bounce on that kid? The, he, the 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 first jump and the second jump, uh, the way that he slashes into the lane and the quickness with which he does, I think that it really really will translate well. It's it's like grading grading him on the scale, like compared to somebody like Brandon Ingram last year, Josh Jackson blows him out of the freaking water. Like, yes, absolutely. And so you're well, you're basically you talking. Have... No, go ahead. Well, the problem that the problem that you have again with the Nuggets is, first off, every point guard that's coming into the league at 19 thinks it should be his show, and on the Nuggets, it's not going to be his show. Um, whereas Josh Jackson can be like, "Look, yeah, man, you hand me the ball, and I'll go do some stuff." You know, uh, you you think Lonzo Ball um, and his dad are going to be thrilled about the fact that. The ball's out of his hands for a lot of the the opportunities on offense. That he's got to run through a center, like that's not a good that's not a good thing. You're gonna you'd have to sell what you have what? to sell your first round top three pick on the fact that he's not the man. Like that's not which is crazy because I think start. that that may that's crazy because I think that that may be Ball's role at the next level is as somebody who can go in between on and off the ball and because his off ball shooting is so great. Because that that yep. really is true. Like he's he's actually great at it, and yeah, so no, but it, it could be a a thing with his with his background and uh, some of the some of the things with his family that he may not want to accept some role like that, which which absolutely is a red flag. And I don't care what people he, will say; they will say that his dad is not a is not impacting of his draft stock. But if you have somebody already who has the ball in their hands, then that could be an issue. Here's, but here's the thing. I, you guys haven't thought about this angle yet. Nikola Jokic does not have a shoe deal yet. All right. So he could be the second <laughs> athlete signed to Big Ball of Brand. How did I not consider this? That's, that's right. perfect. And then, boom. I mean, the jackpot, right? That's, this is, I can, I can, can you imagine now. the publicity? 
Can you imagine how how much the Nuggets would grow as a franchise if they did that? That that kind of oh. scares me, actually. You know what? If the Nuggets if the Nuggets like moved up to the number two pick and we're thinking about uh, drafting Lonzo, uh, I'm assuming that Markel Fultz went number one. I guarantee you, oh, I guarantee you, we would have Lavar Ball would be out there the moment the moment there was even a whisper about the Nuggets possibly drafting Lonzo. He's going to be out there saying, you know, that they'll demand a trade and that they don't want to go to Denver. I guarantee you. <laughs> yes. We're not signing that contract. Yes. Exactly. That is how that would go. That would be that would be like their worst nightmare is if somehow Denver ended up in the position to draft Lonzo Ball. So. Oh, like I said, so like the, go Josh Jackson. I, I don't. The only point guard that I could be pretty sure would be able to handle being off ball, um, and a a complimentary piece would be somebody um, um, like uh, Frank uh, Nuikina, uh from France. Yeah. But uh, the problem is, uh, again, he's young. Like I just can't see them taking that young of a player, no matter how talented. Um, and trying to fit it in with Jokic. It's why I like the idea of adding another leader from outside, because I don't think Jokic is ready yet. I, I also think Malone would team. explode. <laughs> well, Malone would lose his shit, yes. <laughs> Malone, Malone's had three years of this, and he's he's about his eyes twitching, and they've got to get him some some guys to run this team rather than another 19-year-old. He's got to teach how to or, play NBA point guard. Or a 35-year-old. <laughs> yeah, gotta be right. Some, there's got to be a happy medium in there. Somewhere that they in the middle of the spectrum, to. somewhere. So, tell you what, let, let's uh, assuming then that of course that the Nuggets will not um, will not move up in the draft. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, but we'll we'll touch on it real quick again. What do you guys really think they should do at thirteen? I'm, the kind of the popular thing that's been going, or the newer idea that's been going around is maybe you try and take thirteen uh, a guy like Wilson Chandler, maybe Kenneth Freed, someone like that, maybe even Emmanuel Mudiay. And you move up and try try and figure out some way to get into like the top seven. Um, and make I don't it. think anybody in the top seven is coming out, man. No, like, yeah, I, it is. I mean, the the depth in the draft, but you're only. I mean, there's still a lot of value at 13 as well. So that's kind I of think it's, I, it's less. Yeah. There's there's less value, but there are guys that I think the Nuggets could take. Uh, probably the three the three guys that I think that they'll focus on is OG Ananobi. I think that that's, yeah. that's got to be the main guy. Like, if you're talking about improving guy, defense... So done, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're talking about improving the defense, then the quest, the answer starts and stops with OG. He had this quote, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but he says, I want to be able to guard one through five. I want to be the guy that locks up all five positions on the floor, and I want to be, I want to be the best defensive player in the NBA. And to... To talk about a guy w- coming in with that mentality and coming in with that mindset and somebody who's willing to work, that's a culture changer. That's somebody who commits to the defensive level before their offensive statistics show up in the box score. And that's that's how you win basketball games for me. So th- starting there, that's that's my first guy. I know Gordon loves him, and but I think that it starts and stops with defense for him. Yeah. You know, OG kind of feels like this guy that everybody's got their eye on, sort of kind of like, and it's a little different because obviously he can't kind of, uh, participate in the combine or anything like that. 
Um, which actually, that's another thing we could talk about as well as the combine just uh, combine just finished up here uh, this week. But um, it feel he just feels like one of those guys who's gonna go somebody like at like nine. You know, will will take him uh, or or somebody might reach yeah. for him a bit just because everybody seems to be drooling over him. Um, despite because if that's because if he's right, if he's right, he would go. Uh, he and Jonathan Isaac should be the same level of prospect, right? Like right. so. So if he's your guy, if you think he could that he's going to be healthy, then you think he's a top eight pick. So you might as well, you know. And so if you might just say that's fine, I'll take him anyway, just like people did when um uh oh uh, Jesus. Uh, the center for Philadelphia. No, we didn't take him. Nerlens, Embiid. Yeah, no. Both of them actually. That, yeah, that they, that they were both injured, and people said that's cool. I don't need it. You know, uh, I wait, can wait, 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 wait. Not people. Sam Hinkie uh, said. Our... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, if he wasn't going to do it, the next guy was going to do it. Like, I mean, it's that, that's how that Trust goes. The process. If, if Embiid had fallen. Yeah, it, he would have gone the next pick. It wasn't like the, he picked a guy, and if he didn't pick him, he was going to go fourteen. Like it, that's not what's well, not what's going to go on. So if you if you believe in your board and you believe in your medical staff, then yeah, you might take him earlier. Yeah. Um, because that's why I think he'd be a steal because I think he's a top he's a top ten talent for sure in this draft. So that means if if somebody does that, then you've got to look at a guy like Zach Collins from Gonzaga, who would be able to play the four. Um, he could play some five for you. He'd be a shot blocker who can shoot from deep, like. But again, he's young. You're talking about another 19-year-old player that you're trying to get up to speed. But it, it still would fill some of that um, that hole that you have at the the power forward position right now. The problem is, is then maybe you don't need Mason Plumley back, and at that point you just threw away a draft pick and set it on fire. So, yeah. Yeah. but you can't rerun your draft. But that's okay. That's a sunk cost. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's already done. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't you can't run your draft board based on what you thought would have worked before. If a guy like Zach Collins gets to you and he's the best player, you better take him, and then you work it out later. Yes, you yep. know, I'm a, I'm kind of the opinion. Well, because so here's the thing too. At, at 13, like I, I'm with you guys. If OG's there, I think you you, you just take him. Um, because here's the thing: a guy at yeah. 13, you're not necessarily looking to have that guy be a big contributor right away. Maybe as the season In year progresses. One, yeah. You know, but but think about like Wancho. I mean he was what, fifteenth overall and, and I mean he barely sixteen, yeah. Yeah, he didn't play at all. So you know that's I'm kinda happy But I was yelling about that all year, man. Like that was <laughs> that's, that's that was fair. pissing me off. That's fair. But but it's but it's a pretty natural progression. Gary Harris, same way. Um he didn't yeah, yeah. you know he didn't play very much to start. So if you get a guy at 13, OG is going to take some time to get back. You want to make sure he's fully healthy. You could do that at 13, and it would be just fine. So right. I think – but to me, I really think they got to try and, and make a move and try and get up into that top eight if they can. Like you guys said, maybe there might be a chance that nobody wants to move back. But somebody might be thinking, hey, we can get this kid out of Indiana at 13. Um, just let him develop and get healthy. So, yeah, maybe they're willing to move back. But I think the well, who do you want to take in the who do you want to take in the top? I would like, go well either if you can get if either Jonathan Isaac or Jason Tatum is there. I think you you make a move to get one of those two guys because uh. if you you know that's a, those are guys who I think 
can actually contribute right away. And that's something that I think the Nuggets... Like, I think they need to upgrade the forward position. I just really do, because I think Isaac. they're going to let Gallo go, and I think you have to... My personal opinion, you have to trade Wilson Chandler. So... I agree. So it's then, then then you've got to fill that hole at small forward, and right. you're, and that's why I, you're not going to do it at 13. And then and that works. Right, but it's at the same point, like, I, I would be okay trading up to, like, 9 and still taking OG. Like, that still works for me. Yeah. If, if that's what you feel like you have to do to get the guy, you that's know, fine. If he, but but I, I agree with you on Isaac. If he's not going to be healthy, I don't know if that's if, if you want to take that gamble. Well, but it's not I also think he will be healthy. I think I think yeah. he'll be healthy well, and, and starting to get back into the October range. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he might miss the first six weeks of the season, but like I don't expect him to miss the whole year. Um, yeah. But I agree with you on Isaac. I think Isaac is a very good talent. I'm not... I'm not a Tatum guy. That, yeah. I mean, I guess at nine, he, he feels very Rudy Gay to me. Third, <laughs> yeah, but hey. I, but again, I mean, Rudy Gay's been a good player. It's right. just that he's a he's a team killer. Like it, it's not that Gay's not a talented guy. Gay just, I don't know, it, he has bad karma. There's something going on. Tatum's another guy <laughs> though, especially because you're, he's probably coming off the bench. Uh, the the at least his, his rookie season. He's a guy who when. You can when you take Jokic off the court, you can give Tatum the ball and be like, "All right, go out and get us some points," and he can do that for you. He's a good isolation style player, um, so that, I think I, that's where yeah. I, why I would like him. I see. I I just I I will probably ahead, I'll agree and disagree with that. Uh, to me, Tatum his his self creation skills for me were very like when when he gets into isolation it's hey can you make a jump shot over this person and he's not taking it more in the three-point range area he's taking it more in the two-point range area and then when you're talking about a guy who specializes in those contested jumpers you're saying okay well is this is this going to be a kobe bryant level two-point jumper specialist or is this going to be a a Rudy Gay two-point jumper specialist. Is is this going to bring a lot of team value, or is this going to kind of tank the the offensive rating? Because right right now you've got an offense that's that's built around a Jokic type and is specializing in getting threes, frees, and layups. And that to me is the way that the league is trying to go. And I think that the best teams in the postseason are the ones that focus the most on that. That's fair. That is fair. All right, well, I'll tell you what, guys. Um, that's good. We are, we're about, uh, yeah, we're about already 45 minutes in. So we'll go ahead, we'll take a break, uh, and then when we come back, we'll talk, we'll get into the playoffs um, and some, some general NBA stuff. We also, we, we did our Stiffy Awards, and I wanted to, maybe we won't go through all of them. Uh, but we'll, we'll at least hit on some of the highlights. So, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll take a break, and then we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, Maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. 
Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am your host Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Our co-hosts today are Ryan Blackburn, all the way from Drury, South Carolina, and yeah. Gordon Gross from gorgeous Colorado Springs. Um, it is pretty nice here today, I have to admit. No, it was man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's uh, we're, <laughs> we're just going to continue to rub it in for Ryan since he had to. You got to sit in the rain today. Don't worry. I, I plan on getting into the 90s in like a couple of days. Ugh, see, I'm now, uh, but I got, I got no, no interest thanks. in the 90s, right? I'm like, a, I'm like nope. a, the 80, 80 you guys, to 80. You guys don't have to deal with the humidity maximum. either. Yeah, that's true. No. no, it was, I will tell you, man, it was over. It's been so humid lately just because we, we have been getting a lot of rain that um, it was, uh, it was overly dry today. I certainly felt that it was a. Um, <laughs> and then the, and then it's allergy season now as well, so it was. Blit. Yeah, it was. That was the only bummer about it. Um, so, want to get into the playoffs, and and I want to talk about uh, just what just very recently happened. Um, what was it? Two nights ago was it Thursday night that the Rockets and the Spurs uh, played their game six. The Spurs without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, go into Houston and, and pretty much just manhandle him the whole way. James Harden has an absolutely, I mean, for, for as good as James Harden has been this season, and he has been really, really good, he was that awful um, on Thursday night. Gordon, what were your thoughts about Harden's game and, and really his collapse? I mean, do you... I mean, we're, the, the, we're not, at least I'm not going to throw out the hot take that'd be like, oh, well, this shows that Harden shouldn't be MVP. Um, I don't think that's No, the case. no, no. You, it's 82 games, man. Everybody has a bad game. He just had one. He played the it's wrong the style of game player. for that. For Well, for that for that game, he, he decided to let the game come to him, and it was a terrible idea. Um, right. And D'Antoni had no idea what to do without his star going out there and setting the tone. And without Harden setting the tone, nobody set the tone, and they got steamrolled. Because the one thing you cannot do against the Spurs basically is show weakness. Mm-hmm. And they showed weakness, and they got gutted. <laughs> and that happens. Like, I mean, it's a big moment. I got it. You know, and, and they haven't they haven't climbed that mountain yet. And to be honest, D'Antoni hasn't climbed that mountain yet either, so he can't show them the way. Um they're just stuck at that particular point as a team, but that doesn't mean that Harden's a. I don't consider that even. I don't even consider that a choke. I don't. I just consider that just bad stuff snowballed. Yeah, bad bad game. Things snowballed. 
I mean, I watched Jordan get blown out in the playoffs by 30 by Utah. That didn't mean that, you know, that was a bad idea. It just happened to happen in game three or whatever. Yeah, I was saying he just, yeah. he just happened to come back and then <laughs> shoot the and, game yeah. in game six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I get your point. And it, but I, I, what I, I thought it was really curious, like what you were saying, Gordon, that he didn't – I mean, he really wasn't aggressive because how the Spurs he won was very game passive, yeah. five – they won Game Five by basically saying, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna make Harden beat Kawhi," um, and and he just and they just didn't couldn't do it. Uh, and then of course Manu uh, with the with the crazy block there at the end. <laughs> then he um, couldn't beat the forty year old. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But then and then they come. He comes back in, in Game Six and Kawhi's out, and it's like, well, all right, now I mean, you figure Harden's just gonna try and put up thirty shots. And he only gets up eleven attempts. It was really, it was really I don't know if he, get, I don't if he relaxed or what what was going on through his mind. Because I mean, that should have been his game, and he just I don't know. I I've had times where I've been playing something, and you just don't have it. You say, "Okay, let's push on the gas," and the, nothing happens. Yeah. And that just looked at like the kind of game for him that he was like, "Holy shit, I have nothing. What's going on?" And he never. And he said, "That's fine. I'll give it to my teammates for a minute, and then I'll find it." And then they were down thirty, and they—that was it. Like that, his yeah, teammates did not exactly course. pick him up. No, they. I they think he was tired. Yeah. yeah. He was, uh, maybe honestly. Was Go ahead, Ryan. No, okay. Well, to me, you're you're talking about a guy who he he's carrying the load for this team for the entire season. Though, what he does for them on offense between his usage rate and his assist rate is he's, he's generating the entire offense. He is the offense for them. And, uh, and in this, in this particular game, he wanted to take the gas pedal off and he, he kind of let others do most of the creation to start. And when you have Kawhi Leonard on you, I, I don't necessarily, like disagree with that. I think he had Jonathan Simmons on him though because Kawhi sat and that that to me was kind of a mistake. I do think that in that lineup Jonathan Simmons is the best defender. Uh and people are going to figure that out very soon and I no offense to Danny Green or anything but I just think that Jonathan Simmons is that good. Right. Uh, yeah. We're talking about uh making the best decision for your team in that letting others create when they have the matchup for them to me i think the the more failures there were ryan anderson and trevor ariza who struggled for the entire series shooting the three ball and they to me that's what happens when you're a running gun three-point shooting team is that it's not necessarily the way that the other team defends you it's just they they shot more three-pointers than anybody else ever and it's I think they live, got tired. Live by the three, die by the three, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, that's what they say, yeah. Well, and uh, the other thing is it also looked – I don't know. I've watched guys adrenaline dump before a game. You know, you get hyped too early, and then you come out to play, and you have nothing because you're juiced because you ran through your adrenaline and went out. I don't know if he found out oh, why yeah. I wasn't going to play, got amped up, and then ran out of first-quarter energy. I really don't know what happened to him, but it looked like one of those freak games. It's not like – he quit. It's not like he yeah. he just couldn't find a shot. It's not like his legs were gone. He just didn't have it from the from the jump. He didn't have it, and I don't know why. But I don't I don't get into that like a moral judgment on his career or his season or his you know what I mean like that. It yeah, happens. no, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. As a Houston fan, you hate it. As a Houston fan, you're slamming your face into the wall like, 
where did James Harden go? You were good for 90 games, and now I got nothing. <laughs> but, you know, I understand that. That's frustration, but that, James Harden's fine. They'll be back again next year. Like, you better prepare. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, Houston's going to be a good team for, for a long time. Um, so flipping over to the Eastern Conference, we got the we got the Wizards and the Celtics who will go to Game Seven. They'll play that one what tomorrow, I think. Um, right. I told you. I told it was, you. <laughs> so 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 funny. So that that I was I was pretty much I was just ready to um, I was ready to just give up on it because I was I was just ready for the Wizards to lose, even though they've been the kind of the team I've been rooting for in the playoffs because it's like. That game last night was so bad for for like the first really for the first three and a half quarters. It was just terrible. And then right at the end, suddenly it was like this amazing back and forth battle between between the Celtics and the Wizards and then eventually of course John Wall hits that three. Um, hits that just clutch three uh, with three seconds. And then the underrated the underrated clutch Kelly Oubre lets the the ball gets inbounded and then he and then he goes he lets like a good second or so go off the clock before he makes a foul. Uh, Wizards had a foul to give. So by that time when the Celtics inbound the ball there was like one and a half seconds left and they couldn't really they got off a, I can't even remember. Somebody got off a, a desperation shot, didn't go in. Uh, Gordon what were your what are your thoughts on, on like on John Wall um, and the Wizards in this this series is it because um, it's kind of been a coming out party for him I think in in his sorts these playoffs. Um, well, John Wall is that's why I wanted to trade for John Wall earlier in the season. Yeah, and people were like, "No, nah, I don't <laughs> want to yeah. give up stuff for John Wall," and I'm like, "You guys are a bunch of idiots!" Right. Like I, you know, and now John Wall's like, "Yeah, that's stupid. I can't believe you guys wouldn't want me." Basically, um, but but when he and Beal couldn't get along, I was like genius let's pounce and then he can explode over here you know and we won't we don't have to wait for a point guard um but this is john wall i've been expecting for a while it just took him i think that the um that they did him a favor when they did not sign somebody in the offseason everybody said well i can't believe you you let john down and blah 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 and but john has said that's when he figured out it was going to be him or nobody no there was no help coming I better get this done. And he got it done. Like, he figured out how to get that. Um, it worked out with Beal, and he figured out, you know, how to make his team not just superficially better. He's always been a great assist man and lots of speed, good defense, but it, it never impacted the game to this degree. And he figured out how to impact the game and not just put up st- uh, put up stats. Yeah. And that's, that's great. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. It's beautiful to see. Uh, and I'm glad he's in the East. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Glad we don't have to run into yeah. him. Just one more great point guard. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the series? Uh, well, I think it's it's gone pretty much exactly the way that you would envision it. The, the Celtics took the first two, and then Washington came back and hit them in the mouth in games three and four. Um, and everybody's won on their home floor so far. So yeah. uh, going into game seven, I would expect the Celtics to probably win. I think the best, cha- the best uh, case scenario for a team like the Nuggets is, is for the Wizards to just collapse and for Otto Porter to shoot 0 for 10 from 3 or some <laughs> absurd number. Because right. if if that team collapses and they don't think that they could improve with that core or, or there, there are at least questions, then they may try and go get somebody else that would make a little bit more impact offensively than Markeith Morris has or Otto Porter has, which I think is a fallacy because Otto Porter is 
one of the 20 most valuable players in the NBA. Yeah, you're you're uh, dreaming, man. They're not they're not gonna let Otto Porter go. He, yeah, just, they're, they're just gonna match don't, anything. Don't hurt this for me. Don't ruin this because <laughs> you're talking about dream players. Like, my I God, know he'd be, that, be a perfect that fit. Would be, he'd be a perfect fit. Uh, uh, well, be, I mean, look, be... so outside of that, I think what Isaiah Thomas is doing is outright amazing. I think that right. with with the situation that he's been going through and the the performances that he's been putting on has been magical. Uh, I just I just sit in awe when I'm watching him on TV. Uh, there is there is what nothing the Nuggets better. wanted Ty Watson to be. Yeah, he is, absolutely. He is what they had a vision that Ty Watson could someday turn into. Um, is this Isaiah? He has Thomas, that drive. You cannot stop me on the way to the rim. You cannot stop me whenever I will do what I want to do. I will take over games. That's what George Carl used to yell at Ty Watson about all the time: being too passive. You're, you you have an opening anytime you want it. You're the fastest guy on the floor. Go take it, and he wouldn't take it. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently Thomas in the process. I'm currently in the process of reading George Carl's book. I I it took me a long time to crack it open, but I'm I'm currently doing it now, and I can't wait to hear if uh, if we get a Ty Lawson chapter at some point. And I, <laughs> there probably is. There may there may or may not be, but but that guy. With his connection, I, I figured that that connection would just be incredible for a long time, and it just it just never connected. But Isaiah Thomas is the personification of a a small guy who said, "No, f you! I'm going to go do what I want to do, and yeah. I'm going to go score on you, no matter the size of the guy in front of me." And so, what he's doing is amazing. I think the Celtics are in a really good position with him and Horford long term, and they're going to get the freaking top could, four pick in the draft. Yeah, they and then they could end up getting Markel Fultz as well, um, or Josh Jackson. So, uh, Gordon, do you do you agree though? You think the Celtics end up winning this thing? I think it's I think it's home court still. I think yeah. it's going to be the Celtics, I, and that's that's fine. I mean, I don't think either team has any shot against the Cavs. So right. let them enjoy it. Throw down, take home your second place trophy, and enjoy your life. Like that's that's how the East is going to go. See, that's and that's uh, that's what I wanted to get into. What I wanted to get into next was uh, talking about like, do we, any of these teams you guys think have a chance of uh, of nope. even pulling upset? And, that, and that's where I'm at too. It's, like, it's I, four I, games, Spurs. maybe five. The Spurs, like you, you gotta think. You feel like Popovich will get them a win, um, just on his yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they'll get. I think they'll get one against Golden State. Um, they might get two. I mean, that's that's always possible. But I don't think there's a real threat for San Antonio to win. And that's just because I mean they don't have a point guard right now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how you beat Steph Curry when you're like, hey, you have Steph and I have a black hole. Uh, go. <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that working out for you. Like that's that's not a good idea. Um, so I can't wait for them to add uh, Chris Paul next year and and take it because that's gonna be fun. Yeah. You know, if if Chris Paul can suck it up and go to uh, Popovich's team and it'll be Chris Paul and and Kawhi, they might have a shot against Golden State. That sounds like fun. But as it is, I don't I don't think this this version is in between the next contender for San Antonio and they just don't have it yet. Yeah, that's and that's where I'm at as well. As I just, uh, man, it, which which sucks because it means the, the the conference finals are gonna. We had great conference finals, at least Western. Uh, we had a great Western conference finals last year. Um, this year, I, I just don't. That's see why it. I'm pissed off at. I'm still pissed off at Durant for leaving, man. It's all, it's, it was it's there. It was all there. What are you doing to me? So now I now I have to sit through some more crap in the 
in the exactly. conference finals. Exactly. Oh, especially with out east. Like, LeBron is going to just manhandle some people out east. There's no shot. Like, what are you going to do? Play Jalen Brown on him? Come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Jalen Brown or, or Otto Porter Jr. Jay Crowder. Like, yeah. like yeah, what are you doing? Like, I got nothing. There's, It's all going to be awful. Ryan, what about you? Any any hope for the Celtics or the uh, or even the Wizards if you if you thought they could pull the upset uh, or uh, the Spurs on getting getting into the finals? Zero. Zero. <laughs> I'll just I'll, I mean I, I could leave it at that, but uh, I mean when you're when you're talking about I think that the Wizards could steal a game based off of their backcourt advantage. I think that if John Wall gets hot, then nobody's stopping him. And I think that if Bradley Beal gets hot, then really nobody's stopping him either. So you talk about those two guys, and Otto Porter's probably better geared to at least slowing down LeBron a little bit by getting his hands in passing lanes and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's Celtics losing in four games and the Wizards losing in five games. So on that side, it's it's really depressing on on the western conference side it'll be fun to see Kawhi go go hard against a team with four stars but in the end are you really gonna like like what what are you going to do it's it's you've got Kawhi and you've got Danny Green and you've got Marcus Aldridge who may or may not be able to play against that team like what the hell he's gonna have to body up against Draymond Green for however many games oh I, I don't even think that you can keep up with Draymond I think that no, they have to play him at center. Have. Yeah, yeah like, that's true. Yeah, you put him at center, and then um, well, yes, and parade to the rim. Small. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I, it's like I said, it's just a bummer. But um, it is late, so you tell you what, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and um, we'll wrap it up, man. That was a good. Uh, it's, as always, it's always a good podcast when we when we have you guys on. Um, Ryan, uh, we're gonna. It's almost. It's almost midnight out there on the East Coast. So we're gonna let you go ahead and hit the bars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go party, buddy. Quick. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> you know, hit the bar you know, in my refrigerator. I believe you told us you already had the the fridge is already stocked, right? So. Oh, oh, always, always. We're always. Oh, we stuck. never, never turn down. He he is in college. Yeah, that's that's how that rolls. <laughs> no, I, I, I live in the dream. All right. Seriously, it's so it's is, it's not like that. <laughs> uh-huh wink wink nudge nudge right. i got right. you man yeah you don't have to tell us ryan we were there we remember we remember those days <laughs> um he is at ryan blackbird nine though and then gordon is at g money nugs i'm at zach mikosh also follow us at denver stiffs we're on instagram at the denver stiffs uh denverstiffs.com of course ryan said he'll have that that stat of the week coming out um, I'm sure me and Gordon oh, yeah. will find some time to write something. With, uh, we'll get we'll get something up there for you guys. Um, all right, guys, appreciate you being on. All right, man, you have a good night. Thank you for having. Take it easy. Right, talk to you guys later. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.
Bridges. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.